Hello and welcome to this episode 41 of the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name's Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack and I'm recording this on Thursday the 20th of July 2017. This week I'm speaking with Kirsten Algira and Ernst van der Hoven from MacGuffin Magazine. They're based over in Amsterdam normally but we flew them to London on Tuesday to take part in our launch event for the Stack Awards 2017. MacGuffin was named as our Magazine of the Year at the 2016 Awards and it was really brilliant to have them there alongside some of our other winners from last year, all of them speaking about the work they've been doing since then. We put Kirsten and Ernst up in a very glamorous travel lodge for the night. So first thing the next morning, I stopped by at their hotel room to pick up on some of the things that they'd mentioned in the presentation, plus some other bits I've been really wanting to talk to them about. And I was really interested to hear them speaking about the process they go through with the magazine. As you hear, they start out with a real determination to avoid cliché, but sometimes they end up being drawn back to exactly the sort of stories that they thought they were going to have to ignore. There's this piece that we talk about uh, from their rope issue, written by a man who actually makes his own ropes to use in bondage and SM. And I think that piece remains one of the best things I read last year. So I'm not surprising that they end up getting drawn back to these subjects that they think that they're going to try to avoid. I'm very pleased to say that this week's episode is sponsored by Park Communications. They were there with us on Tuesday night for the launch event, displaying a range of the independent magazines they print. They now work with over 50 independent titles and they love getting geeky about paper stocks and binding techniques and creative use of substrates. They actually just won an award for that last one. Uh, so if you're thinking of making your own magazine, drop them a line at parkcom.co.uk. That's parkcom.co.uk. And of course, if you are making your own magazine, you should enter it into our awards. The Stack Awards are in their third year now, and they're the only awards dedicated entirely to independent magazines. You can check out all the categories and all of our judges and submit your entry for just £30 by going to stackmagazines.com forward slash awards. But before any of that, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kirsten and Ernst from MacGuffin magazine. Alright, so I'm here in a, a very luxurious hotel room. Mm, yes, <laughs> it is. We have a view. You're travelling on the stack ticket. Luxury is not the it's not the aim. No. Uh, so with uh, uh, Ernst van der Hoven and Kirsten Algira from mm. MacGuffin magazine. Hello, you two. Welcome to London. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome for hosting us. Yeah. Ah, right. Yeah. We had a great evening last night. So yeah. Well, so we should say you you are here for the Stack Awards launch that we had um, last night with a bunch of our award winners mm -hmm. uh, from last year. Yeah. And um, so thanks so much for making the journey and coming over from Amsterdam. Uh, it was um, uh, no problem at all because we enjoyed it last year as well, and we were so honoured and that we did get the Stack Award, and it also was very good for us because the publicity made us. Um, do things that we otherwise wouldn't do and I think also that um, the nice thing about these evenings is that you get a kind of new contacts and new readership in a way so yeah it, it works both ways I think and um, yeah so we love to come over here. It's also lovely how Jeremy Leslie had this this uh, video made about why he thought the, the magazine was so interesting and it's, it's for us it's also, of course 
almost like a thing, to, almost a mantra to listen to that because you know, we're, we're relatively a young title and, and to be in that good company of magazines like The Gentle Woman, that's, it's, that's amazing for us. Oh, that, that, this is music to my ears. This is the reason for starting the awards. So, and I, I'm, I, I'm conscious though we should um, just talk a little bit at the beginning, just in case people haven't seen MacGuffin, mm-hmm. about what is the magazine and, and what are you doing with it? Yeah. Um, MacGuffin magazine is a biannual. It's, um, we like to call it a design and crafts biannual, but in a way it's a little bit more than that. I think it's, um, like the title says, MacGuffin, um, something, an object that um, tells us stories. And um, MacGuffin, of course, is a word Hitchcock invented for the things that set the story in motion. Um, and that's how we want to look at the world, through the eyes of the object, um, with as many disciplines as possible. So um, we always have um, issues that have one theme. Um, first one was the bed, second one was the uh, window, then the rope, and now the sink. Um, and they um, have different stories, different texts, but also lots of photography, um, literature, science, etc., all focused on that one theme. And why these objects? Why these otherwise often uh, anonymous objects? Well, I, we, we were a little bit astounded about the fact that um, there's a lot of uh, attention for the epic and the, and, and the iconic uh, things in the world of design. And you think, well, look around you, you know, the everyday life, it's almost overlooked if you think about uh, magazines. So we thought it would be t- time to have almost a platform for the, the supernormal things, the mundane things, and uh, things uh, that you are most connected with because of the fact that it, they, they hold stories. Um, and also the afterlife of things, we, we thought it would be interesting to, to give that a, um, um, a platform. So why, why objects? But I do think the objects are the beholders of, of, um, of life, you know, of, of uh, things that surround us. And do you see yourselves as part of a wider movement with this? Because when you talk about the super ordinary in, in objects, I think of... Uh, ordinary magazine, which you know mm-hmm. is a magazine yeah. made up entirely of these mm-hmm. super ordinary objects. Yeah. Or I think yeah. of dirty furniture, mm-hmm. which is you know doing a similar thing in terms of presenting these objects and making you look again. Mm-hmm. Do, does that feel like a, a thing to you, or do you feel completely distinct from all of that? No, I think really you you yeah. I think there's a lot of attention for it in in a lot of ways in the design world, of course, where designers start to question themselves. Uh, why should we make another chair or another vase or another whatever? But also in other um, disciplines where um, it's there, there's so much stuff, you know, and um, it's so it's kind of a reaction, I think, against all the innovative new design and all the consumption we have. Um, but it's also, um, I think, a deep interest in how we use uh, things and what connection we have with the objects that surround us and that form us in a way. Mm, mm. Yeah. And the, I mean, I think it's notable that so from those magazines that I mentioned earlier, I mean, Dirty Furniture is definitely a design magazine. Yeah. Ordinary, I guess, is not really, it's more on the art side, but the, this feels like something that's coming from the design world and maybe it's got something to do with that, the, the imperative that 
you know, you have to make a new chair. Mm-hmm. There's money involved in this. You have to make a new thing. So maybe people start to ask, well, why? Why am I making these things? Well, we, we, we definitely also, I think, a crafts magazine in, in, this, in the sense that we, we, um, we, have a, we have a focus on the making of, of, and, and that, can, that can be anonymous, but it can also be uh, uh, very specific. So the local culture of making, I think, that's a thing we're very interested in and, and trying to find places where th- things have been made on, in an authentic way. And um, we are very happy to, to find out now that on, on academies, there's a young generation that is really interesting in how crafts really uh, can be be seen in a different way and also that they use the skills of existing crafts and what that we learned a lot when traveling in in, in Japan that um, not necessarily you have to find the new ways but 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 the, the finding in itself is almost like the design and I think uh, there I think there's a there's a big link with, with McGuffin that we we not aim for the new but for the for the existing and also the meaning in the making as well. So yeah. if I, I'm thinking of um, in your rope issue mm-hmm. when you had that fantastic piece on the guy who uh, makes his own ropes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rendering this rope for, 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 for SM, yeah. That's really a thing we didn't uh, even knew, that, 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 the, that the rope in itself is a fetish. It's, 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 it's part of the whole um, uh, SM fetish not the letter scene, but, 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 but rendering the rope and, and making the rope to use it. We, we were um, not <laughs> also surprised about that. And I mean, so that, that's a brilliant story. So taking yeah. something like that as an example, yeah. mm-hmm. you begin by saying, all right, we want to look at the rope. Mm-hmm. How do you end up getting in touch with someone who does such a good job of writing about this process? You know, so how, how do you find them? How do you know they're going to do a good job for you? This is not a conventional commissioning process. No, no, and it's something that we thought about as well, because at first, um, of course, when we started the issue, the rope, and we said, oh, we don't want the cliches. We don't want the forest in Japan where people hang themselves. We don't want SM and um, Araki. Araki and all the things that you expect with the rope. Um, but then, of course, and you talk to a lot of people, and then in the network somebody says, uh, well, I know this guy. <laughs> yeah, but that's really exactly <laughs> the, the funny he thing. Knows because everything. it was very personal. And, yeah. and it's a, it, this, this was a friend that I met again in London and I just told about the story and I also said exactly what, what Kirsten is mentioning we didn't want to have the cliches and he said well I know I know a guy who might be interesting for you he didn't even gave us his name and uh, he stayed anonymous in the whole during the whole correspondence correspondence because we had to uh, mail him and it was becoming a sort of also a, mis- a mystical person but that made also sense in a way so I think that's also the, the, the way we work, and sometimes very spontaneously and very also uh, serendipitously. It's just on the on the, on our path that it's that yeah that that, that the theme evolves. Uh, and so you you told us um, in your presentation last night mm-hmm. that your next issue is the cabinets, mm-hmm. and again I can see how this thing fits it. So you know. You don't normally look at the cabinet; you look at the stuff that goes in the cabinet. Mm-hmm. So, w- what was it about? the cabinet that made you think all right that's what we're going to focus on next 
Um, well, in, in a way, it's, it's because we have had four issues um, and only the first one was a piece of furniture. So we thought it might be interesting to go there again. And the cabinet as well is interesting um, because it's a form of, it's a barrier of culture in a way and very different cultures. And it's also um, a funny thing because it's closed, but sometimes it's also open, you know, so it's about hiding and it's about showing. Um, that's what interests us. And um, yeah, also to look at a cabinet and see what different uh, cultures and lifestyles there are. So we're going to do something in the Arabic world, but also um, we want to have a look at walk-in closets and the relationship to pop culture. Um, so there will be very different interpretations of the cabinet, but um, yeah, that's what we like. And it is a furniture piece, but you could also judge it as a, almost as, a, as an envir environmental, as a space, as a room, like the cabinet of curiosity, not necessarily was a, was a cabinet, it was a, an environment. Right. Right, so the the, the Wundercam and the... Yeah, Wundercam, exactly. And, and um, also the storehouses that you had in Norway, you know, the, 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 the Stabur, they were not just just furniture pieces, they were whole buildings, and very important buildings. So we like that aspect as well, the scale that you have, that you have uh, that you can look at it in, in, in the scale of the drawer, but also in the in scale of architecture, or even as uh, uh, on city planning. When we grew up in the 70s and 80s, then um, I think there was suddenly was a change as well in uh, looking at cabinets. Um, we, I, I remember my parents suddenly, they did all their cabinets away and it was all shelves, you know, every, everything had to be in the open. So, and, and that gave a rather messy, cluttered look, but they liked it very much. But it was also uh, a really different way of showing things because your whole life, intimate life, was on the shelf. So I think those are interesting things as well. And there are sort of trends in that, I think, in Western culture. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing it. So is that September that that's due to come out? Mm, no. <laughs> it will be October. No, September is for this year. <laughs> okay, October is more likely. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. okay. And so you were talking last night also about making magazines without making magazines. So the, the different ways that you bring the principles of curating and gathering and, and putting that together. Maybe tell us a, a bit more about what you've been doing along those lines. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, well, we uh, first we started with a presentation of the last issue, The Sink in Milan, because we were asked to. And um, um, we got a fantastic room for that in the Palazzo Clerici, which the is same this... same room where we also launched the magazine. Ah, right, really? Yeah. yeah. And it was this Baroque uh, gilded thing with um, paintings on the roof, etc. And we said, oh God, what can we do here <laughs> uh, surrounding the sink? And we thought, well, let's make a presentation that we will call the lives of sinks, or not the life of things, but sinks, and um, ask a lot of people to present their favorite sink-related objects, users, experts, designers, and also to um, comment on that. So we made some podcasts uh, with it um, in, in which the, the stories of the sink-related items were told. And we, yeah, we found that so interesting because um, it's another way of storytelling. And it was like a little magazine, but then with audio stories. Um, and after that, we were asked to make an exhibition in Rotterdam in the New Institute, which is a Dutch design museum, architecture museum. And um, yeah, and then when we thought about the exhibition there, that is uh, an exhibition about collections, collectors, 
um, we thought it's, we can make an exhibition perhaps like a magazine, literally, um, with a main presentation that is the main text in a way, with footnotes and with side uh, notes, etc. Um, so we're going to do that with our graphic designer. So it'd be like a two, three dimensional um, exhibition, like a magazine. Amazing. Excellent. When is that going to be running? Um, that will open September 7. Yeah. So you've got your work out for you at the moment. You've got a lot on your plate. Um, yeah, yeah, we, we have. <laughs> <laughs> now, we thought we could work on this simultaneously, but this, this is how um, this do, do, does not work. Yeah. So we, we, we're making the exhibition now and then straight after we have a lineup of the things that we want to do for the magazine. Right, okay. And we already, of course, uh, um, dreaming of starting the magazine, to work on the magazine, but we have to finish the, the work for the exhibition first. And uh, I think that's it's good also. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we would like to do magazine things on other platforms, but uh, in a way the, the rhythm of making a magazine is so different than the rhythm of making an exhibition or mm. something else. So that's not something that you can, uh, yeah, how do you say that? Um, combine. Combine. You, yeah, yeah, you can't fit those yeah. things together. Yeah. 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 Even though you are now in the same office as each other, yeah, that must help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we have we have been sharing our kitch, kitchens kitchen tables for at least two years, and it's so good to have an office again. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, at the moment, they're painting the floors. So when we come back, we have a, a freshly painted, painted floor. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's a good use of your time. I'm going to yeah, go to yeah, London yeah, while yeah. someone yeah. paints my floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Really thought about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, you were, you were very uh, kind earlier um, saying that the Stack Awards last year was a, a big help because, mm. of course, the Stack Awards was not the only awards that you picked up last year. Mm -hmm. No. Yeah, we, we, we won a um, AD Award as well, which was amazing. And we were so honoured by that. And the year before, um, a European Design Award. So, yeah, we're well awarded, really. And... Um, that's nice because it, yeah, it's like a confirmation, of course, that you that you can go on and that there's there's an audience that is interested and juries that like your magazine, and it's also good for for us, of course, for publicity to to um, get um, yeah a new readership because that's what when we started we said everybody was asking who are you making it for and we said well mm, yeah we yeah we don't know and actually we hope quite ambitiously, that we form a sort of new readership um, so that we find the readership and that they um, will have a sort of megaphone uh, view on, on the world. And um, I'm not saying that that is a, a com uh, mission is accomplished yet, but, but um, I mean, the prizes help and yeah, it's really nice. And, and does that help? Because obviously the, the big thing that all independent magazine makers talk about is how hard it is to make this thing into a business mm. and a, a, a thing that can keep on going under its own steam. Did, do you find that awards like that also help with bringing money in either through funding or through more people well, buying it's copies? It's all about esteem, of course, and I think a prize, will, yeah, and, and, and a distinguished prize like the stack, it really helps. But, um, but then again, it's, 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 it's still hard to really make a business out of, of a magazine, you know, it's... it's the, the advertisements are, for instance, a thing that we, we haven't been able to really uh, work on in the last six months, which is, yeah, sort of sad also in a way. But, um, 
the esteem is, is, a, is a, good thing, a good thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think with the advertising, it, it requires a dedicated person, doesn't it? I mean, it requires someone who's speaking to advertisers It requires the a print right. to start with. And I think we, we're not there yet. So it's, um, although we've been doing good, we're not still, it, 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 it starts with that, I think, because then you have an agent and they, and they can do the work, you know, they, have, they, they, know, they can open the doors. Um, yeah, and also I think in the advertising business, um, there are a lot of agencies who divide their uh, advertising, you know, so if they work for magazine A um, and you come over, they say, um, no, I can't because I work for magazine A and they want the advertising yeah. and uh, so that's that's difficult, but uh, I think prizes do, um, yeah, give you a lot of uh, attention and um, and and are important even for for getting grants or other sources of money mm. um, that wants some sort of proof that you're approved. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Approval. Yeah, and it also almost a confirmation of that you do that you on the right path. So. We're here now in London, summer 2017. Looking ahead, summer 2018, mm-hmm. where do you two want to be with the magazine and with everything else that you're working on? Um, well, we're on a, in our new office, of course, uh, with the painted floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope your painted floor's still looking good. Yeah, <laughs> painted floor. Um, I think in a year we will have two more issues, if it's... Oh working well and um, yeah we, we we love to to make this exhibition uh, I talked about in in Rotterdam and just see what uh, comes from from that um, but like I said yesterday evening I think that uh, uh, for us the magazine is like a, a little exhibition as well so there are lots of ways to uh, get that to other platforms and we we're trying to do more with podcasts and we would love to do um, some of them in um, Beirut and in the Middle East, um, together with uh, the Outpost uh, magazine. Um, Ibrahim. Uh, yeah, Neymar. yeah, fantastic. Um, so we have contact with him about that, and um, so yeah, I can imagine us sitting in Beirut as well in in a year. So now that would be nice, guaranteed good yeah. weather. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's that's true. true. Maybe too hot, but too but hot. yeah. But that's that's a, I think that's a good point, and maybe it's good for us to get a little bit out of our comfort zone and and travel and and because that's when you make a magazine like we do, just the two of us, we sometimes don't have time to 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 really see the things, you know, to, to travel and to to get inspired, and that's uh, if you could do it with your work, you know, you could think about a sort of a exchange or cooperation with a, with another party, then that could be sort of um, a way to to be to to arrange that for yourself excellent yeah. well listen thank you very much both of you i know you have to run off now and go and see a man about some staircases yeah we love Charles. to have a <laughs> hundred staircases from him so yeah we go there yeah. to cranley yeah. excellent well thank you for coming for last night and i'm really looking forward to seeing this next issue yeah thank you thank you for having us thank you steve
Okay, that's it for this week. I'd like to say thanks again to Kirsten and Ernst for making the trip over to London and to all the other magazine makers from Real Review, King's Review, Ladybeard and The Happy Reader who came along to our event. If you'd like to see what they had to say, you can check out a very dark video of the evening on our Facebook page. Uh, go to facebook.com forward slash stack magazines uh, and you'll see the, the video just on there. Thanks again to Park Communications for supporting the event and this podcast. And remember that if you need help with printing a magazine, you should check them out at parkcom.co.uk. And once again, if you're making a magazine, please do enter this year's awards and you could be picking up one of the trophies at our awards ceremony in London on the 20th of November. To see all the information on that, all the details of how to enter, go to stackmagazines.com forward slash awards. This is the last episode of the podcast for a little while. I'm off on holiday next week, so the podcast is taking a break, but it will be back in September. So in the meantime, check out all of our previous episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search for Stack Magazines and you'll find them in there. And of course, follow us while you're there. And at some point in September, you'll receive our next episode as soon as it's ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and to all of our episodes and we'll be back just after the summer.